Welcome to the Fetish School, where naughty is nice. This podcast is designed for anyone new to the lifestyle, curious, or seeking new ideas to explore. This show includes explicit sexual references and profanity. Some content may be graphic in nature and is not intended for listeners under the age of 18. Listener discretion is advised. The information shared on the Fetish School podcast is not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical, legal, or professional advice. The Fetish School podcast content is shared with love, however, for entertainment purposes only. Here at the Fetish School, we hope to demystify, normalize, and enhance the exploration of the world of kink, fetishes, and BDSM. Today's episode will highlight the connection between biochemistry and kink. So please take notes, keep an open mind, and most importantly, have safe fun. Classes in session. Hello and welcome back to the Fetish School, ladies and gentlemen. I am your hostess, Mistress D. And this episode, we will dig into the science behind the spanking, the wax play, the impact play, the bondage. What am I talking about, ladies and gentlemen? The biochemistry connection to kink. So you may say, well, what exactly is that? What I mean is there is a reason beyond the general stimulation or arousal from just plain old sex. There is something that makes a person look at kink and BDSM and say either, I would love to try that, or I've been in this lifestyle for the longest and I have no plans on ever stopping. So what is it that keeps a person in this lifestyle to that degree? Well, again, there is absolutely science behind that. So I've invited a very special guest with a very extensive background to come and share and explain all the details and the medical background behind why we find ourselves in kink and what exactly keeps us there. So if you haven't already, go ahead and send this link to a kinky friend that you're going to want to share this with and get a pen and paper because you will definitely want to take some notes here. I guarantee you it will be a mind-blowing episode. So stay tuned and let's have some fun. Hey you. Yeah, you. If you have not already, please do me a favor and head over to Instagram and follow our page at The Fetish School. You'll want to stay up to date on any upcoming episodes that air each Friday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, as well as receive Mistress D's weekly tips in genuine content around kink, fetishes and bdsm so again if you've not already please head over and follow our page i would greatly appreciate it thank you my guest for tonight's episode is a heterosexual sadistic male dominant with an extensive kink background in impact play, single tail artistry, and a professional background in anatomic pathology. He's been featured on more than 50 podcasts and online shows. He's shared over 100 performances across the nation and has served as a panelist, presenter, and performer at popular kink and leather conferences such as the Las Vegas Toolbox and Frolicon in Atlanta, Georgia. When this gentleman is not teasing the kink community with an intoxicating performance in Fireplay, you can find him serving in several executive capacities at his local dungeon and kink organizations. Here to grace us with his expertise and experience on the biochemical connection, ladies and gentlemen, Sir Phoenix Black. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I think I'm going to have you do all my introductions. <laughs> well, you've got 
quite the resume. So all I had to do was brag on all the amazing things you've done in the community. So <laughs> thank you. Of course, of course. So getting into it. So for my listeners that are not familiar um, with your professional background in anatomic pathology, can you tell us exactly what that is? Anatomic pathology is the study of disease system, diseases of organ systems. So um, give you a little background on me. I started, I actually started out in the funeral business. I was a licensed funeral director and embalmer and um, an autopsy tech and, and coroner and insurance agent. So I was all of those things. I used to could do write the insurance and then and then collect it all and sign off on the death certificate. So I had a lot, a lot mm-hmm. along that whole chain. And then um after that ended up moving into anatomic pathology um in healthcare. Um I have a bachelor's degree in biology and a um an associate's degree in mortuary science um and have been working in that field for the last oh, 20 years now. Wow. Wow, that is quite impressive, quite impressive. So that would make sense when it comes to um, what this episode is about, the biochemistry connection. So I guess given that background is like what part of that attracted you to the complex part of kink, such as those feel good hormones, the biochemistry and neurology of it all? Well, I know one of the things that that caught my eye about it, other than the fact that um. I work, I have a strong science background, was that um, I noticed that when people first get into the lifestyle, um, it is almost, especially if they've had a good experience, um, hit subspace or just had a very good um, pleasurable play experience, that it the, the frenzy that comes from that looks almost like um, drug addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was curious, like, hmm. I wonder if there's anything um, to this. And matter of fact, um, someone who is an elder in, com- in the community called it, um, he called it uh, a biochemical drug addiction. Mm. And there is some, there is some truth to that because um, the, the, the feelings, the dopamine, the endorphins, all of that kind of stuff, you end up becoming um, very uh, addicted to the chemicals that your own body produces usually when it when it goes through intense play wow wow um i don't think a lot of people realize that you know when we when you hear you know snm bdsm kink or anything like that you know the first thing that typically comes to mind you know are whips and leather and things of that nature and just pain in general and so you will wonder like well what would attract someone to that lifestyle like how do so many people get into it and you know what i found out just kind of like doing a bit of research found that nearly 50% adults in the united states have admitted to having, you know, a kink experience or desiring a kink experience. So, you know, what you're saying would make absolute sense, you know, pulling back the curtain on it is because it is just like, I guess, a runner's high or, you know, an alcohol addiction. There's a chemical connection that happens there that brings people to the lifestyle. Absolutely. And I think, and a lot of what, um, what also draws people to the lifestyle is there are, um, and I teach a class on this called the therapeutic benefits of kink, but there are, there are these, um, these are therapeutic benefits that come from play that people don't normally think of. Um, especially if you're someone who deals with, um, anxiety or insomnia, um, or, you know, gastrointestinal issues, things like that. Um, there are benefits to it, um, to playing. Um, I think also what draws people to the lifestyle as well is that, um, first of all, if you're someone who's just kind of counter, you know, has a counter narrative to what society does, you know, you like the idea of doing something or being involved in something that, you know, the rest of the world kind of shuns. Um, some people are attracted to that. Um, I know I am, um, 
you know, just kind of ignoring the script of what polite society says you should and shouldn't do. And then um, and it's and it's hard to explain for those people who haven't actually experienced the lifestyle, but it's a sense of almost feeling alive. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first started in the, in the lifestyle, um, I used to call it coming out of the matrix. Um, for those people who, who've seen the who've seen the movie, you know, the, the script says, you know, you 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 go to school, you go to work, you work hard, you buy a house, you have kids, you know, you you follow the rules, you pay your taxes, all that kind of stuff that's in the matrix from the movie. But then when you come out of um, that kind of script and doing what is not considered the norm, there's a certain level of feeling like alive and autonomy for your own life. Um, I tell a story, um, my slave and I has heard this story many times, is that I have a a family member that um, I said, I want, do you want me to live the life you want me to live? Or do you want me to live the life I want to live? And, you know, it's someone in my, you know, someone who I love very much. And it took her, she paused for a second and she looked and she thought and she said, I want you to live the life that I want you to live. Mm. And I, and I appreciated her honesty, but I said, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live the life I want to live because if you don't have um, control and autonomy over your own life, then what really do you have? You just, you just following a predetermined script that um you know you've been taught by your mother or your father or your you know your grandmother or whatever like that and you don't really even know why you're even following the script you just know this is what you're supposed to do right right um yeah i can definitely identify with that myself um and you know just kind of thinking about why people get into the lifestyle one, I don't think people are just aware of the therapeutic benefits of it. And then again, like you said, you know, you, you think about all the people around you, the possible criticism and judgment. So, you know, some people are very hesitant to, you know, even play around with it in one of the most vanilla ways. So a lot of people don't, but, you know, for me, um, I personally had no idea that there was a chemical connection there. And that's what, you know, continued to have me come back. It was, it was a surprise. I think I found out about, you know, the chemical processes that happen on the back end, you know, I would, you know, have a session, and I would find myself feeling like alive, just as you said, you know, I'm thinking this is all the girly things you play out in a fantasy and I get to live it all. But what surprised me was a euphoric like feeling while in the scene. And then afterwards it lingered. It, it lingered. I couldn't explain it. Um, and then I do recall at one point and I didn't know this happened. I think I was, I borderline passed out a little bit, you know, this was, you know, hours later. Um, mm-hmm. But I, even though all of that occurred, there was something about it, that freedom, that liberation, exploring absolutely everything as it relates to my mind and my body that kept me coming back to it. So I absolutely agree. Yeah. So so you understand the whole kind of addiction part of it too. Um, I've, 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 I've played with, you know, a number of people and I've always heard, um, people say things like, I felt like, I felt a floaty experience. I felt, um, I remember one bottom I played with said, it felt like an out of body experience. It felt like even though her eyes were closed, she said, I could see, it was like my spirit left, (laughs) my spirit left my body and was watching the scene, watching, I was watching me be I was watching myself play outside of my body and um and those feelings are 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 amazing like I said those those it is it, it's hard to articulate to people who haven't been in it mm-hmm. um 
who haven't experienced it. It truly is. Um, I've I've heard people call it a spiritual experience. Um, I've heard people call it a, a out of body experience. Um, and they say like I, I remember I played with with um, a former play partner of mine that uh, after the first time we played and she and she experienced subspace. She said she, you know, when she after aftercare and kind of coming back to herself, she said, my life will never be the same. Mm. Wow. And, I, and <laughs> she was and she and I knew she meant it. And, and and part of what I the pleasure, some of the pleasure that I get from it is that if you have someone who is curious about this lifestyle and they experience it and they have a good experience the first time. Mm-hmm. Their, their their whole their life really is changed. They can't, you know, they can't really go back to um to a vanilla lifestyle. They can't really they can't really go back. Like they, they sometimes people try. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes people try, and they'll go back to a vanilla lifestyle, and they'll you know they'll they'll go back. They'll put themselves back in the matrix, but they but they're they're still is still something that calls out to them in the back of their mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now that that almost made me think of something. So you know, of various drugs of the past, you know, there's this, you know saying that you know one try could get you hooked. Um, so is there something that when speaking about the first time that someone experiences this, is this is that kind of the same concept? Like maybe they have such a high rush of those chemicals during that first experience. And then, you know, maybe every experience other that maybe they're chasing that high, like, is that kind of the same when, when talking about the chemicals, if that makes sense? I think, I think so, because the experience for, for most um, S types and or bottoms is something like once they feel it, like they like, I didn't know that I could feel like this from getting beat. Like, I didn't know that I could feel like this from fire play. I didn't know I could feel like this from being caned. I didn't know I could feel like this from being fisted. And you feel all of these chemicals and you feel alive. You feel, um, you you just have this experience. And I think there are situations where you're kind of chasing that high. Now, do I think you have experiences that you can um, exceed that high? Absolutely. Um, that's why I think that, but there's a lot of psychological, um, and social things that come into consideration when you're, um, when you want to have a good scene, um, you have to have, um, a level of trust with the, um, with the top and or D type that you're playing with, um, Trust is imperative because the reason why trust is imperative it because it allows you to kind of relax. Mm. You it allows you to be vulnerable. It allows you to take your guard down. But see, if you if you with someone and you like, mm, I don't know about this cat. Like, <laughs> let me let me try to keep all my you know my senses about me in case they try something mm-hmm. or try to take advantage or something like that. Then you can never really relax into the scene and really enjoy the scene because you have to be you feel like you have to be on guard so i think the trust is is imperative um when you when you are playing with someone to have a good experience and 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 go and experience subspace um my slave and i we do a lot of shows and there's a point in the um in when we do a show that i blow fire in her pussy and there are people that you know, usually after the after the show or whatever, she gets this crowd of people that come around her. They'd be like, "Wow, did that hurt? Like, what is it like? How did you how did you start doing this? What made you do that? That kind of thing." And you know, she'll say, "You know, because I trust him." Mm. She said, "She and I and I usually that's when I'll chime in and I'll say, for those of you all who have a partner, how much trust would you have to have in him to let him blow fire in your pussy?" And they'd be like, oh, no, I don't know that kind of trust. That's too much trust. (laughs) No, I can't do that or whatever. I said, but that kind of level of trust is what unlocks that, um, that pleasure, that vulnerability, that trust is what unlocks that level of, um, pleasure and 
I think is the door to subspace. Oh man, you you took it right out of my brain. I was like, as you were saying it, I'm like, if if subspace or dom space is an actual place, there's a door there. And before you can do anything or allow a person to do anything to you, I absolutely agree. That door has to be, you know, trust because like you said, if I I can actually relax. Because I know you're not going to hurt me. I know, you know, if something happens, you're aware of maybe, you know, any health issues I have or, you know, triggers or whatever the case may be. So I think absolutely just having maybe a natural anxiety, even with myself, that would be a big thing for me. And what would help me or someone, you know, S type person to relax and be able to enjoy all of that definitely I would say is trust. So I, I completely agree with you there. Um, now going back to, you know, your performances now, you know, if someone is listening for the first time, they're like, holy shit, wait a minute, blowing fire in somebody's pussy. Like that's gotta hurt. That's gotta be painful, <laughs> you know? Um, but I'm like it, many people do it, you know, partners, we see it all the time here in the lifestyle. So for someone new, can you tell me like the chemicals, like I guess what happens um, to, you know, a person like that, that allows them to be able to tolerate that level of pain? Like what happens? Because, because again, it's fire. So you would think it's going to burn. So, you know, is it? And if it's not like what chemically happens in the body that, you know, stops someone from feeling an extreme level of pain? Well, um, I actually don't even like using the word pain. I like to use the word sensation Ooh. because um, because actually pain is extremely subjective, mm. um, depending on the person. There's a um, get all I'm gonna get all nerdy on you for a second, but the, <laughs> but the um the sensory um the sensory nerves in your body there are different types of um sensory nerves called neuroreceptors and some experience um some of those receptors experience um heat cold um mechanical um pain such as tearing or 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 bruising or things like that and everyone's um interpretation of those sensations is different give you an example usually if i'm going to play with someone um and they want an impact scene, I'll say, do you prefer thuddy or stingy? Mm -hmm. And they'll, you know, they'll say like, I prefer thuddy, I prefer stingy, that kind of thing. That's a perfect example of someone who has a pain preference because a different, because certain types of sensation, so these sensations, some of the sensations are pleasurable. So therefore, if you like thuddy, Buddy don't hurt. Stingy hurts. Mm. But that's but that's why it's just like a um it's just like an interpretation of um a language or just like any other sensation. Like, do you like sweet or sour? Oh, I like sweet. Oh, I like sour. Mm -hmm. It's all about sensations, but those sensations are just in your mouth and in your tongue. Same thing happened in your body. Do you like study? Study. Do you like stingy? Do you like prickly? Do you like to be um you know, any of those types of things. Do you like electrical play? Some people love electrical play. Some people love um, knife play. Some people love the whip. Some people love the bat. So a lot of these things, I don't even like to refer to them as, I don't particularly care to, to, to refer to them as pain. I just, I just prefer to call it sensation because pain is in the mind of the person receiving it. Mm -hmm. Now, to go back to what you said about the show and um, me blowing fire in a pussy, that actually happened very spontaneously. Um, that was one of those things where we were doing a show. Um, we were we were doing kind of our normal show, and I said, and just in the moment, and I said, let me try this now, mind you. We hadn't talked about it. We hadn't practiced it. But my girl has a tremendous amount of trust in me. So when I did it, and this was in the middle of a show, when I did it and I blew the fire in her pussy, I saw her pussy cream 
right there on stage and drip. So I knew she liked it. <laughs> and that's how it got that's actually how it got added as a regular part of our show oh wow talk about sensations right <laughs> yeah and she'll t- she'll tell you um and she says this to people a lot of times they'll say like does it hurt does it burn she says no she said imagine the 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 analogy she uses is imagine your partner drinking a cup of hot tea and then immediately giving you head. She said, that's how it feels. Wow. That's got to be amazing. We need to see one of these shows. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I like doing them because um, there's when I when I do a show, usually people kind of know like, oh, we're going to see a BDSM show. We're going to see some BDSM shit. They usually, you know, they, so they're usually kind of prepared to know like okay i might see some wild shit so they usually expect like okay well probably gonna be some whips some paddles something like that da, 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 da. and we do a segment of impact play we do a segment of knife and wax play and then we do a segment of fire play um where i do a, i use a fire cane as well and i would say probably 30 percent of the audience is completely turned off mm completely turned off they're like oh no this is wild shit i can't get with this <laughs> but about but somewhere around 70 percent of the people you know that ha- that are there they're intrigued right. so i i, I kind of feel like i'm a, a evangelist of king you know going out and converting the masses so usually um and and i love that because if i have a show i do a show and you know it sparks something in two or three people. I feel like I've done my job because now you're, you're, you know, that your sexuality is not weird. Mm-hmm. There are black people that do this kind of stuff and do it. Well, it's not just some white folk shit. And that, um, I can get introduced to how I can experience this as well. So, I, I I love doing shows and 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 introducing people to a different level of sensuality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and in the spirit of that or kink evangelism, um, the same goes as like dropping a seed. You know, you think about your traditional church. Not everyone is going to be into that particular message that day but what I can appreciate about you is in those scenarios people may you know initially you know cringe or be turned off but I guarantee you they will that scene will cross their mind again and in the true fashion of how kink you know kind of draws you in with that chemical you know addiction it I think they would you know somewhere down the road they could say you know what I've seen that before I'm open to new experiences. I would love to try that because they they remember that first time seeing it, it was scary. So their reaction was a shock. But somewhere down the road, they'll have to thank you um, for introducing them to fire playing the pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I, and I've had that happen um, a few times where someone will, will say like, oh, I saw you at this show. I saw you at that show. And I was just, oh, just I just couldn't get with it. But then they come to another show two or three months later and they'll be like, you know something? I think I want to try this. You know, would you, you know, can we arrange a, a a play date or something like that? You know, because it's been on my mind. Like, I'm just curious how this feels. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I go from, and I go from there. Um, and, you know, I don't have a problem giving someone their first experience, of course, in a safe way. Usually I will, um, will, you know, if we arrange something like that, I'll do the play publicly. I actually ask that when I say publicly, I mean at a dungeon. You know, I don't go I don't do the, the, the thing about going to hotels and all of that kind of stuff. That's 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 not da- that's dangerous for you and for me. But um, but we'll play at a dungeon. Um, You know, we have the dungeon here in Atlanta. We'll play there. I usually will tell them to um bring a close friend if you can if there's someone that you trust to be there so that they can, you can feel um, a level of safety. 
not only because you're in a public dungeon, but also because you know your best friend or girlfriend or whatever like that is there too. So then you can relax and you know that even though I may not be, you know, fully aware of what's going on, I know my girl is there saying she ain't going to let no shit happen to me. Right. So yeah. even if you, even if you don't know me, you know her. So that allows you to kind of relax into it. Um, and, you know, and enjoy the experience because that's what I really want you to do is enjoy the experience. Um, and like I said, trust is the door for it. And even though you may not know me that well personally, or you may know my reputation or things like that, you may not know me well personally. But if you bring a friend that, you know, and a friend that is open minded, um, you know, usually it allows them it, it facilitates a good experience for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I think that alone would make someone feel extremely safe and, you know, getting that first experience under their belt. Um, I think they, you know, I would feel extremely safe with that. And like I said, they would probably, you know, be so excited to, to experience all of, you know, what you would have to offer. Yeah. I think that would be the best way into the door of trust. Um, now, one one last question as it relates to like the, getting into this process. So for thinking of someone who might be new and having that first experience, um, is there a particular process that you have or thing that you do to, I guess, um, almost escort someone into subspace, if you will? Like, you know, is there particular tools that you use or things that you say like how do you usher someone into the subspace oh well that's interesting because subspace this is where going back to the nerdy part mm -hmm. um, subspace is kind of known on for the bottom and there is a a, a, a chemical term for it called transient hypofrontality um it basically means that you get a, getting out of your own head um, getting out of your own think the only the whole thinking part of your brain um, and the best way to do and really what that means is you're decreasing the amount of brain waves decreasing the amplitude and frequency of brain waves in your in your um in your mind and what helps facilitate that is, is things like yoga things like meditation Things like um, deep breathing exercises, which bring down your anxiety, let your mind calm, that kind of thing, like that kind of thing. And usually that helps facilitate um, going into um, getting into subspace. That's in addition to trust. So if 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 trust is the door, then things like meditation, yoga, breathing exercises, stuff like that. That's the that's the that's the red carpet to the door. Mm. Um, so if you have trust and you have, um, if trust is the door and you have trust, um, whether in your top or in the person that came with you and you do some meditation, some yoga, that kind of stuff, it almost guarantees, um, you know, to facilitate into subspace. The two things combined almost always do that. Wow, what a treat. So for anyone listening, there there is there's step one and step two. <laughs> Get some trust and then make sure that you are as relaxed and you've implemented some self-care prior to play. I know I do. Um, and that'll maximize the entire experience. Yeah, it, it um and a lot of times, especially if you're playing with someone who you know, that is pickup play, meaning someone that you you don't have an actual relationship with. Um, there can be some anxiety. I mean, I'm about to take all my clothes off and lay down on this table for this man and let him put fire to my body. Yeah, that's probably going to elicit some anxiety. Yeah. So um, usually, usually what I, that's but that's what I will tell them is a, is a good thing to do is to meditate um, do some yoga, do some breathing exercises, things like that. Um, and then if you have a friend there that you know, ain't gonna, that's not going to let anything happen to you. Um, even again, even if you don't know me, the trust in them, you'll have a good subspace experience. You'll be all floaty. 
Um, you know, you'll drool all over yourself, you know, <laughs> you'll, 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 you'll get probably some of the best sleep you've had in life mm. um, afterwards. Um, and usually I'm pretty good at, um, and I say this is something that is, that is um, a real necessity to be a good top is um, being able to read body language. Um, because a lot of times during play, the bottom may lose the ability to even speak. Mm-hmm. Um, again, going to the going nerdy for a second. The 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 part of your brain that um, calculates language is the front part of your brain, the frontal lobe of your brain. Well, during play, a lot of times that part is cut off, so you literally can't speak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you'll get that. <laughs> yeah. So you literally won't be able to speak, but your body always tells the truth, even mm-hmm. if your mind doesn't know. I, 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 I've been doing it long enough to know that, you know, some of the cues of the body will tell me whether you, this is too much, if you want more. Obviously, like I said, I blew fire in my slave's pussy and she creamed. So obviously that's a good sign. So there's, there's, you know, you have to be able to read body language because the mouth and the mind might not be able to tell you. Wow. Yeah, that's that's a tip for safety there. But it it's almost a testament to how therapeutic that whole process can be. I mean, people take medications to try to shut the brain down, you know? And so when you have something like BDSM that will allow you to um, experience a transient hypofrontality, is that it? (laughs) You know, that's a good thing, you know? Again, especially for the anxious minds, you know? So that's, that is absolutely enlightening. I, but, I, I, mm-hmm. I, I tell people that this is um, the two people that there are two classes of people. I think that really, um, if they have a good experience, they can't they can't ever let it go. The overthinker, mm. the overthinker slash anxiety person, and the person who deals with insomnia. Um, those are usually the two people that get like they're like this is my medicine. Mm-hmm. Um. I most people when they've that I played with when they when they've had their first good experience their first good scene um they'll have drop which is weird which we can talk about uh later for your for your audience but um they'll have drop but they will sleep for like 12 hours and they'll say like that's some of the best sleep I've had in years. <laughs> so that's one. So that's one of the other side therapeutic benefits of kink. Yeah, I mean that was the perfect segue because I was actually going to ask you like we talked about you know this this whole um, you know move into the you know subspace and you know how to get into a place where you can enjoy these chemicals, but my gosh, what happens when you come down? Oh yeah. Drop is not a, um, is not a great experience. I'll be the first to tell you, um, most, um, most bottoms, S types and or bottoms will tell you drop sucks. Um, it's usually some of the most common symptoms are sleeping a lot, um, you might feel like you're coming down with a cold or a flu or something like that. Um, might usually there's um, because your hormones are rebalancing. Um, there's a lot of crying. Sometimes it's a lot of emotional crying. You don't even know why you're crying. Like, why am I upset? So there, there, you know, and that can last a day or two. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes longer. Um, there have been times that people will pass out. My girl. Um, at an event recently, um, passed out in the shower and, um, she called me. I was close because I knew, um, I knew that that was, that could be a possibility. So she was in the shower and she called me and she said, I don't feel so good. I was like, Oh, and I knew, I knew that, that mean, that means I got about 10 seconds. Uh-huh. So, um, and I had to catch her. 
out of the shower um, mm-hmm. because she she passed out and she, you know, it took a minute or two. She came to, she was fine. I just didn't, I wanted to make sure that I caught her so that, you know, she didn't fall and hit her, hit her head or anything like that. But um, I, I mean, I've seen it enough that I know kind of what the experience is like. So, um, but drop is a, is, is a terrible, terrible feeling. But I tell people all the time, drop is a terrible feeling, but not terrible enough to stop. you feel you feel bad for a day or two and then the the funny thing about it is usually um in my experience most people have drop especially beginners they might have dropped for two days but that third day they feel like a million bucks um that third day when they when they bounce back um but the best thing to do is just talk you know Take a lot of, you know, sleep a lot, drink a lot of water because um, there's some rehydration things that are going on. Um, drink a lot of water, sleep a lot. If you feel like you need to talk to people, keep people informed um, about, you know, how you're feeling because you can, you know, especially if you have um, any type of mental illness, um, it can kind of trigger some things. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you're someone who's had um, been a victim of trauma, sexual assault, anything like that, then you might have some some repressed memories come back up, et cetera, et cetera, stuff like that. So it's good to have at least someone that you can talk to about it and say, listen, I'm going to play with Sir Phoenix Saturday night. Make sure you check on me Sunday. Um, keep your phone nearby Sunday and Monday because, you know, might be some shit going on. <laughs> I need to, you know, that kind of thing. So um, so drop is a is a is a is a rough experience. And tops drop too. D types drop too. Um there's there's top drop, I mean there's um sub drop, there's top drop, um, because we do get um we do get high as well, but it's a different type of high. Um, usually we get high from the, um, from the experience and from the energy. And then that, when that, that energy and that experience is over, then sometimes we will have drop as well. Mm. Now is, is, is drop a guarantee with each play? Like, you know, are there times where sometimes people experience it and then, you know, they play again and, uh, sometimes they don't and, and also, is there a way, if that's the case, is there a way to prevent um, or minimize the symptoms of drop? Um, I think that drop, well, first of all, drop is variable from person to person. Um, some people will, may drop for a day, bounce right back. Some people, it may be as long as a week and before they come back out of it. Some people's um, drop is very gradual. Um, some people's drop is severe, like my slave when she got in the shower and dropped, you know, and I knew and I knew I had about 10 seconds to get to her before she passed out. Um, and drop, I think, is something um, based on experience level, too. If you are an experienced um, experience uh, bottom or sub or, or, or slave, then you know, your, your drop is different. Usually you know how to manage it better. Um, and then also it's based on the intensity of the play. If you have a really intense scene, generally your drop will be more severe. Um, if you have a fair, and again, this varies based on person too, um, cause an intense scene is, uh, subjective to what your level of intensity is um you might be someone who is considered a fairly light bottom and have a um intense rope scene and that and and even though there's no impact or anything like that you still have pretty severe drop from the rope scene you might be someone who is a heavy bottom and you didn't had everything you didn't had the whips you didn't had the chains you didn't had the floggers you didn't you've had you know fireplay all of that kind of stuff and that may ha- cause you to have 
severe drop. So it really does vary from person to person, level of experience, level of intensity, all of those things. There's a lot of factors that usually can go into how how um how significant the drop is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the most important thing, like you said, you know, and I know if anyone, you know, that is not in a lifestyle and they get into it, get that experience, you do, you want more, just like, you know, like we, how we refer to it, you know, like an addiction, like you want more. So if a scene was not necessarily intense this time, um, the next time you may want more, you may want to push your limits because there's that feeling of being alive it is the most electrifying experience whether you're top or bottom and and that's the kind of thing that makes people come back but I don't think you know drops um you know would scare people away or anything like that like I said I've had them and I've I think I've had them on both ends of the spectrum and the benefits absolutely outweigh any drop any day so i completely what, what i'm let me ask you a question what was your drop experience like <laughs> um okay so i have two significant um experiences now again i got so excited i did like self-guided intro into the lifestyle and but there's nothing out there i found about you know subspace at the time many years ago so i got into it I had the most exhilarating experience during, and then I'm good. I go home. I'm, I'm, I'm good to go, ready to watch some football the next day, right? And I felt an overwhelming feeling of guilt. I'm like, oh my God, what did I do to this person? Oh, I'm so horrible. Let me call and check on them. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm feeling guilty to tears. And I I've had to check myself. Like, what the fuck am I crying? Like this is this was new, but I felt so bad. But what helped me feel better was you know, hearing from the person I played with and, you know, them letting me know, like, no, I'm I'm fine, like I'm okay, like it's cool, you know. Um and then there was another scenario where I played and I actually, I was probably in a bit of a switch mode at this time. So while I was dominant majority of the scene, I think I kind of let myself flow into like hybrid submissive state. And I, I literally, I couldn't talk walking out of there. I mean, yeah, my head was high, I had on my biggest heels. So I felt like a fucking you know, superhero walking out, but I got in a car and I'm like, it's something, it's spinning. I, you know, I need to, you know, throw up or something. It was just, you know, I freaked myself out because I'm like, oh shit, did I just almost pass out? So, you know, I, I did get home, you know, of course I wasn't driving, but yeah, I slept the longest I'd ever slept. I don't have insomnia or anything, but that was some hellified sleep. Um, I think I almost missed football that next morning <laughs> as well. Um, but I felt amazing. And when I went into work that Monday, it was nobody who could fuck with me, you know? So it was like, it was, it was crazy because it didn't, you know, it didn't last, you know, a couple of days, but it was intense, you know, for the couple hours I did have it. But when it was time to go to work Monday, watch out bitches, because I am, you know, hear me roar is how I felt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, it's that that drop is 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 rough, but that bounce back is 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 something, baby. You don't you don't want to get in the way when the bounce back happens. <laughs> you're not you you're not kidding. Like you could not tell me anything. And the next thing that was on my mind is like, wait till this weekend. I'm playing again because this was <laughs> this was great. This is great. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a great it's a great feeling and and some people don't realize that um that the psychological and emotional journey you have to go through people automatically assume that with the S type or with the bottom but it happens on the on the top and dominant side too like you sometimes you I remember um I remember looking at myself in the mirror thinking you are one sick fuck mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like you need some help <laughs> but um and you probably heard the term safe sane and consensual mm-hmm. and I, I tell people usually safe sane and consensual is the um is the beginning stages of the journey because safe 
is subjective. Sane is damn sure subjective. So, and when you start getting into, you know, more intense play, needle play, hooking, fisting, all of that kind of stuff, you're like, sane is really just an agreement between the two people. Mm-hmm. If we agree it's sane, then it's sane. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what I love about it. Um, you know, again, for, for a number of people that could be listening it you don't have to do the extreme stuff you could go very mild and you know it we all evolve and we all change your definition of absolutely everything i feel like whenever you walk through the doors of the kink world everything you've been taught to criticize and judge especially about yourself falls away so while yes the chemical you know connection that you know you have with your body Yep, it, it, it happens during a scene, but even before you get there, just experiencing the people, people like you, um, and being able to be in that environment and be free of any judgment or anything and know that you can try the craziest shit you want to. And if you don't like it, you don't have to do it anymore. But just knowing that you have the freedom to explore all parts of yourself without judgment is, is another addictive quality about BDSM. So. My my mentor um, says all the time that this lifestyle is not for the self is not for people that are not self aware, and for not for people that are not emotionally mature. You have to you really do have to be um, be aware of your limits. Um, there's a there's a significant mental component about this. If you're someone who is very judgmental or closed minded or stuff like that, you know your first time in the dungeon is going to fuck you up. Because you're gonna see some shit that you're gonna be like, you you may not say anything, but in your head you judge. You yeah. judge like hell. You're gonna be judging like hell. But mm-hmm. rem- but I tell people, just like you're judging the person that might be over in the corner of the dungeon getting fisted, there would be someone that would be judging you for getting tied up or being flogged. So uh, everyone along that spectrum, you know, what's that thing from the Bible? Judge, judge, lest ye be judged. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, just just be aware that what is considered kinky, what is considered sane, all of that kind of stuff. Those are really all judgment, um, judgment and subjective things. Mm-hmm. So you so 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 be aware of that. Somebody might be like, you know, when you have sex, you like your your partner to smack you on the ass. They might think like, oh, you you kinky, baby. That's you know, that's <laughs> that's don't even make it on the radar in this world. <laughs> right. right. I mean, I've seen I've seen and 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 known of you know people having very interesting um you know, experiences, waterboarding, crucifixion scenes, um, hooking, um, where they take the, you know, like the hooks and they ex- they suspend you from the hooks by your own skin. Um, I, you know, needle play, like, and then you be like, what kind of sexual um, arousal does that do? You'd be surprised. Yeah. You'd yeah. be surprised. Yeah. And, 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 and what I like to tell people too, BDSM is not all sex. It's not all sex. This is this, I feel, oh, at least for me, I'll speak for myself is more mental than it is physical. And yeah. So if you see people doing some of the craziest things, it's like, it doesn't necessarily have to be something super, you know, hypersexual. This is something mental. Like if I were to see, you know, someone being suspended, you know, by their skin or something like that. I, I won first, I would drop any judgment. I mean, in that space, I don't even have it at this point. I almost go to the psychology of it all. Like, you know, I wonder what that feels like to them. Like that's gotta be one hell of a mental space to be in. And Mm -hmm. people don't come into this shit just because, you know, of some traumas or some shit like that. People come and stay because they like it because 
they, you know, maybe have seen a better, you know, part of themselves. It's, it's something good, not something bad. Yes. Yes. And, and, and the mental part of it is, is, is the most significant part of it. Um, in my opinion, because before you can ever do it physically, you have to be willing to accept it mentally. Mm-hmm. You got to be, you got to digest it mentally before you ever actually do. You don't just come into the, come in and be like, you know, on a spur of the moment. Yeah. Hook me to the ceiling. No, yeah. <laughs> you, you're like, there were some nights you said, I wonder what that would feel like. I wonder yeah. what that experience would feel like. I wonder, you know, that floating experience. I wonder what that feel like. Believe me, there've been a lot of mental conversation, internal mental conversation, but mm-hmm. before that person just ended up on the ceiling. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, to me, that's the whole journey. It's like, I love like that internal dialogue where someone is literally analyzing everything around him. Like I, I think about when you talk about someone who comes into a dungeon for their first time, they're just like, what the fuck is all this? Like it's to me, it's all a part of the journey. And, you know, you walk in that door enough times, you know, the judgment falls away, you know, even about yourself. If you find yourself enjoying some shit you never thought you would, you know, you you have to like almost reprogram your thinking like this is something I enjoy and to my definition it is saying you know it is safe and it is consensual if I'm with someone else so absolutely um but before we close it out I can't have an amazing um kingster and professional such as yourself come on my show without giving everyone some advice like Everyone, you know, we've been in this pandemic, you know, two years. We've been stuck in the house, whether it's with ourselves or with someone else. Um, and just to kind of prove my point, there is a uh, adult store around here that mentioned their sales, their toy sales increased plus 80 percent like over this pandemic. Mm-hmm. So, that, yeah, that kind of speaks to you know, people being at home, evaluating themselves, what they like and what they want. So as people hear this podcast and they, you know, consider the lifestyle, especially, you know, intrigued by, you know, getting a taste of these feel-good hormones, what advice would you have for someone that's that's new, looking to get into it? And yeah, what advice would you have? Um, Go through, the first thing I would say is go through some established um, routes, when I say established routes, Facebook groups, dungeons, munches, go through some of those established routes first. Um, bad things happen in the shadows. I love Fet Life, but Fet Life is, you know, has predators, um, people that are that are trying to have their own agendas and stuff like that. So if you're going to going, if you're interested in it, go through some of those established routes go to some some um go to your local dungeon go to a munch um find um events events on fet life don't have random hookups with people because like i said bad things happen in the shadows um that would be my my advice to people um if you reach out to someone who is um fairly well known in the community um, someone who is, you know, a presenter or educator or been in the, in the lifestyle a long time, um, has a good reputation, stuff like that. Usually they're going to point you in the right direction. Um, you know, that, that would be my first route. And, and what you said about the, um, I want to touch on that a little bit about what you said about being the pandemic. Um, COVID has screwed up a lot of our world and our country and society and stuff like that. But there's been some benefits because I think, um, you know, things like the great resignation, people kind of looking at their people really looking inside and having these introspective conversations and stuff like that is made people kind of, it made people sit down and think about what it is they wanted out of their own life. Um, People started leaving jobs. People started leaving marriages. People started leaving, um, you know, people started leaving the matrix. People started leaving the script. 
And I think that is a good thing. Now, has it altered society in a lot of ways? Absolutely, because people, you know, people are leaving jobs. People, as I said, people leaving jobs, people leaving marriages. Um, people are exploring their sexuality and sensuality more because they had to sit down and slow down and think about like, I've been running, 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 but what have I been running after? Or what have I been running from? Mm -hmm. So people, it, it forced people to take a look within themselves. Um, and I think that's a good thing because like you said, it's a, especially when it comes to kink, it's mental first. Mm -hmm. It's mental before it's ever, it's ever physical. And I think that that's been a good thing about, um, about the pandemic that has forced people to sit down and be like, am I really happy? Is this the life that I would have created for myself? Mm -hmm. And if not, who do I, first of all, who do I have to blame but myself? Cause it's my life. And if this is not the life I would have created more for myself, let me, and if, let me create the life that I do want for myself, mm -hmm. regardless of judgment from other people. So yeah. that's my little two cents on that. Oh man, I need, I need a soundboard so I can give you a round of applause. Cause that, that was some good advice. That was very, very, um, powerful advice and yeah i mean like you said the pandemic forces us to sit down and and with some of that and you got to think all we want to do is feel good we want to feel good at work if we got to do that we want to feel good with our businesses our family we just want to feel good so Ooh. yeah that might explain why um <laughs> we'll, we'll probably see more people in the dungeon um <laughs> coming up so oh, yeah. Yeah, but thank you, thank you, thank you so much for um, gracing this show with your expertise and your experience and your recommendation. I absolutely uh, appreciate every moment of this. And I know anyone who is listening uh, probably wrote down a page full of notes off of this one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, if there is a kinkster out there looking for more of you wanting to attend your classes or see you perform you know in the upcoming months can you tell everyone um where to find you how to follow you online for any upcoming um things you have going on and how to support you um well my social media of choice is instagram um on instagram i am at real phoenix black on instagram i am at real phoenix black now let me see this when a lot of times when you get a certain level of notoriety, you get uh, predators and imitators and stuff like that. There is someone on Instagram who has taken the the monicum Sir Phoenix Black. That is not me on Instagram. Mm, okay. He did a fake page trying to get some whatever. I don't know. But so on Instagram, I'm at Real Phoenix Black. On Facebook, I am Sir Phoenix Black. On FetLife, I am Sir Phoenix Black um, on there. So Sir Phoenix Black on Fet, Sir Phoenix Black on Facebook, at Real Phoenix Black on Instagram. Um, I am teaching a class um, at Fetish Ball. Fetish Ball, you can find information out on Facebook. Um, it is myself and my tribe. We call ourselves Black Sheep Movement, um, myself. Sir Daniel um, and Mistress Urban. Um, we're going to be at Fetish Ball, which is April 22nd to the 23rd in Baltimore, Maryland. The play party is at the Baltimore Playhouse. For those who have never been to the Baltimore Playhouse, it is absolutely, positively my favorite play space in the world. <laughs> it, is, it is huge. It's about the size of a Home Depot. Five, six hundred people can be in there easy, and it is a great, great play space, and it's huge. I think it's the biggest play space in the country, actually. Oh, wow. Um, and then also, um, so I'm teaching a class there with my um with my mentor, Lady D, um, who is an icon in leather. Um, and then uh we are going to be at Swing Fest. 
July 22nd to the 25th, again, my tribe, Black Sheep, um, in Memphis, Tennessee. Swing Fest is, um, is basically all the alternative lifestyles. Swingers, poly, um, kinksters, BDSM, leather, all of that is, is, gonna, is going there going to be there and that's in memphis tennessee july 22nd and 25th fetish ball april 22nd and 23rd in baltimore maryland you can come to my class my slave is teaching her first class at fetish ball as well so that will be her first experience she's doing a class specifically for the s types um i'm doing a class specifically for the d types mm. Well, I've already got my calendar marked, so I just need to book my flight so I can make sure I'm in the building, too. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Well, thank you so much again um, for coming on to the show. Um, And again, ladies and gentlemen, please follow and report that fake page uh, if you're on Instagram. I know I will. We don't like fake around here. So Um, thank you again, Sir Phoenix Black. Uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode here at the Fetish School, where we just had an amazing interview with Sir Phoenix Black around the chemical connection to kink. I hope that you found this very fun and informative as well as a little thought-provoking. If you have any questions, please reach out to us here at The Fetish School on Instagram and we'll be happy to answer any questions you may have. And please, please tell your friends, please go follow Sir Phoenix Black on Instagram as well at Real Phoenix Black. My name is Mistress D, ladies and gentlemen, and as always, it has been an absolute pleasure spending time with you today. Until next time, please stay safe, stay kinky, and stay tuned. Class dismissed.